You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And today, why don't we go ahead and break down the offensive line, especially the left tackle spot. That is going to be the departed name of Jameer Johnson. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of the college football playoff. To find out more about their product, go visit Sonos.com slash NCAA. As always, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, watch us live every single day right here on YouTube or listen to us at thelockedonpodcast.com. As always, I am your host, Cole Thompson. Name right down there below if you want to give me a follow, at Mr. Cole Thompson on Twitter. I love public feedback. So anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 May related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Let's talk about the big name first before we go into this whole process of what are we going to do at the offensive tackle position. Harold Perkins, officially a Texas A&M Aggie. This is such big news. This is beyond big news. Why is this such big news? Because of A&M doesn't need Harold Perkins. That's why. That's why this is big news. Texas needed Harold Perkins. LSU needed Harold Perkins. Auburn needed Harold Perkins. A&M does not. A&M at the linebacker position is actually so deep that they don't need a guy like Harold Perkins. They have so much talent over the next two, three draft classes that Perkins could sit for the next two, three years and nobody would bat an eye because of the talent that's at the position. The reason why this is such a monumental signing for Jimbo Fisher is because of players are starting not to care. Players are starting not to care about it. They have to sit They're going because they want to be a part of something special. They're going because they want to be a part of a culture. They're going because of A&M is turning into, yes, Alabama. No, pause. A&M has to prove on the football field more than anything else that they can play like Alabama. Jimbo Fisher has to prove he can coach like Nick Saban. They have to be able to do that before you can put them in the same category as Alabama. In fact, I'd put them right now in a category more so like LSU. Getting the prime talent, getting the actual big-time names, going to be a 10-win team consistently. Can they get over the hump of Alabama? Can they get over the hump of, of shooting themselves in the foot one other game a year? This is about a 10-2 roster every single year. That should immediately be the standard. The way that Jimbo Fisher has recruited, the way that they have added big-time names who are going to sit for years before actually playing and developing the talent, and then using that to go get recruiting grounds and sitting their seed in other areas of the country. Brilliant move. Doesn't matter if you can't win anything. It doesn't. But you see time and time again, players say, I want to go play at LSU because of what? The culture, because of the fan base, because of the name, the brand, the recognition. And I don't care if I got to sit for a year or so, I want to go to LSU. You see it, Alabama all the time. I want to wear that number on my helmet. I want to be walking down the Hall of Champions. I want to be making that trip every single Saturday out of Bryant-Denny Stadium, and I want to win a national title. They're doing that. 
They don't care that they're sitting for two years. They don't care that they're not getting a lot of reps. They don't care that they're barely playing. They don't care about their draft status right now. They're going because they want to be a part of something special. To get Harold Perkins to turn down Texas, where he immediately would be a starter, in my opinion, to turn down a couple of other programs. I think LSU was one. I think that um, uh, there was another one. I'm blanking on it. That would have made him a whole 100% starter as a freshman. To go to Texas A&M is why it's hard to not believe the Aggies are about to go big. It's very hard to believe anything other than that. Because when you add in a name like a five-star linebacker who can do a little bit of everything, cover, blitz, a a surefire open field tackler, uh, really good at read and reaction, good against the run, actually pretty decent in zone coverage, and can make that adjustments over time to where when he's finally a starter, I don't know, 2023, maybe 2024, it's going to be a light and day difference. I mean, it's going to be amazing. Because he's going to sit and learn instead of just playing, maybe making some mental mistakes really early on and costing AM a big game. And he doesn't care. He wants to be at AM. That's the key here. It's not about the fact that people believe that AM is a great recruiting class, it's the fact that players know they're sitting or they're going to have to compete with other names in the 2022 class, and they don't care. They want to be here because that's where they want to be. They want to be at Texas A&M. Like, they want to be at Alabama. Like, they want to be at Ohio State and Clemson and LSU. And A&M is right there. They're right there. And you look at the way the SEC West is changing, and you look at Nick Saban potentially winning his seventh national title at the school, and then once he wins his seventh, he's the all-time winner at at, uh, Alabama. How many more years does he want to coach? Two, three, one, and then it's over? And then it's game on? You're building a roster to where you're going to be successful now, and you're going to be successful in the long term. And if you can do that, booyah. That is why the Harold Perkins commitment is so big. They did not need Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins did not need to sit and wait at Texas A&M. But A&M wanted him, and Perkins wanted to go to A&M. When you want a player just to have them sit or have them kind of learn for a little while and you don't utilize them and a player still wants to go there, you're trending in the right direction. You're trending in a direction that's so profoundly fantastic. You're setting yourself up for a massive line of growth down the future. (sighs) Hi. My name is Cole Thompson, and I'm the host of Locked on Aggies, and uh, we have an incredible app for everyone that needs to buy gas. It's called Get Upside. Listen, my listeners will make up to 25 cents more of every gas a day every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app at the Apple Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code Touchdown for NFL or SCORE for college and get a bonus 25% off per gallon. That's 50 cents off cash back. Don't pay at full price anymore. Go get the cash using the Get Upside app. Just download the app and use the free promo code SCORE for 50 cents off every single gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who like to drive a lot make this an easier $300 a month of year when it comes to gas. Well, that's no longer a catch. This is 100% a real deal. You'll be able to save money as much as possible. So go ahead today and get the Get Upside app using the promo code SCORE for all things college. Brand new year, brand new day, brand new college football national championship. And of course, the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. So go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. 
BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best bets, the best odds, and so much more when you use the promo code Locked On with your first deposit. You'll get 50% off from NFL to MLB to college football, college basketball, NBA, everything that you need to do, UFC, Vegas games, whatever you really want. Go ahead and stop seeing the sideline. Get into the action now with BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every single day right here on LOP. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com. And of course, visit us at Locked on Podcast. So, Jameer Johnson, one-year starter, took over for Dan Moore last year. Uh, guy was only there because if he was a graduate transfer, did three years at Tennessee. Before that, played at uh, Arizona Western Junior College. And then before that, was at FCS Rhode Island. So... He's been around the block for a little while. He's been in the area. He knows how to play left tackle because he did it at Tennessee and was actually not that bad. Overall, not terrible numbers. Definitely not the best numbers that you want to see, but, you know, stable. Very stable left tackle for a year. Now you got to go ahead and replace him because he is, you know, he's graduating. It's not about him going to play. It's about him graduating and going on to the next chapter of his life, whether that be the NFL, the pros, whatever you want to do. Maybe he goes to the XFL if it restarts back up, the USFL, you know, one of those leagues. There's a lot of different ways it's going to go. Uh, it just really comes down to this final chapter of his life. So uh, let's look at the first names that we can go ahead and talk about. Uh, number one would be Ruben Fathery. Fathery was the starting right tackle who would then be able to make the shift over to left tackle because of he has the most experience. Played in 11 games this year, started in eight, and was very stable towards the end of the season. Actually was possibly A&M's best offensive lineman. To me, I feel like that you got to give him a shot in spring to see what he is because if he has the most reps. And if you're going to go with a guy like Max Johnson, I feel like you got to go ahead and get more protection on the right side. Because if I think, yeah, because Max Johnson is a left-handed quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. So he actually may be better as a left tackle than a right tackle for that reason. Or he may be better suited as a right tackle because of you're dealing with a left-handed quarterback. Uh, the next name, probably on the list that I would consider. And this would be probably the very front runner right now. That'd be Trey Zahn, who was a 2021 recruit who joined the staff. And he didn't play because he suffered a torn ACL in his final year during his time in Colorado. And now he's fully healthy. So you redshirted him. You have him for a full year. You have him for another three years if you want. And he has, I don't know if I would say the capabilities, but he is absolutely the biggest name to watch for. And the main reason why is because of, well, just look at his size, look at his frame, look at his numbers. Six foot six, 315 pounds, really good player. Uh, graded out as a four-star technique Really nice job playing the left tackle. Did it as a freshman for his high school and did it for four straight years. So guy has a lot of stats underneath his belt. And apparently he's very, very, very good in pass pro. So that's going to be something I'm really going to watch for in spring practice when I go up there this year is how well he works in pass pro. Because if you're trying to utilize the passing game a little bit more, you got to have somebody who's going to be able to hold their block for a long time. Because, of again, it's still going to be a young offensive line. It'll be an experienced offensive line that you'll be able to build with for the next two, three years. But it still is a young offensive line. You're going to have three guys who are going to be either a redshirt sophomore or a sophomore in general. And then you're going to have either a redshirt junior in Aki. Or you're going to have a freshman coming in, which could be Cam Dewberry. And a redshirt freshman in probably Trey Zahn getting reps at either the left or right tackle position. Now... Let's just say Zahn is not the guy and he absolutely sucks and he just can't get the job done. Who would be probably the next guy up? Well, you go with probably the veteran and that would be Blake Trainer. 
trainer has experience playing both left and right tackle. And at the same time, he is a name that does fit the mold of veteran. You know, left tackles have to be somebody who is a veteran, somebody who knows exactly the ins and outs, knows the cadence, can switch up at the line of scrimmage, can block really good run blockers, but is really good against the number one pass protector. I mean, the pass rusher, because nine times out of 10, you see him line up on the left side because if it's going to the blind side of the quarterback, so you go, you smack him down, get him out of the way. That's why it's his blind side protector. So you want him to be able to have as much protection as possible. I don't know if he's the best fit. I honestly could see where Fathery wins the left tackle role. Zond isn't ready, so they go ahead and play trainer at right tackle. I feel like that's probably the move, and that's probably where Texas A&M goes next. And then there's the wild card. And let's go ahead and talk about the wild card, because that probably is the one that we're most interested in. Uh, that would be Cam Dewberry. Dewberry was a left tackle. I think a lot of people forget that Dewberry is a left tackle at Atascacita High School, who we compare to all the time, Kenyon Green, because Kenyon Green was an elite left tackle coming out of Atascacita, and because AM didn't have enough space to play him at left tackle, they said, we want you on the football field, we're going to play at right guard, and you're going to make the green mile with Carson Green. Next year, they move him over to left guard. Next year, they say that they should probably keep him at left tackle. Then he goes to right tackle. Then he goes to left guard. Dewberry was better coming out of high school for everyone I've spoken to than what Kenyon Green is. So if Green is a first-round talent and two-time All-American at guard, Dewberry could be the same thing. Maybe it's just at tackle. Like, that honestly could be the answer. It just happens to be at tackle. And there's nothing wrong if it's at tackle. And you know what? If he is the right fit for the team and he's the right name for the roster and he's the guy that needs to come in, yeah, I would say that that's 100% in my personal opinion, my personal belief, the right answer. And there's no wrong answer in this because it's a brand new position. But if I was a betting man right now, I would say Zahn gets the first reps at left tackle. See what he's all about because if you want to get a young guy, but a very experienced guy. And again, remember, he has played so many snaps during his college career at left tackle. I mean, at uh, high school career at left tackle. So you want to be able to see what he can do at the professional level or the collegiate level. I would then say go Ruben Fathery next, most experienced. You got to see what you got with him. If he's better suited at right tackle, well, cool. That's where he plays. He'll stay at right tackle. If he's better suited at left tackle, okay, then you, what you do is you figure out what you want to do at left tackle. I mean, at, uh, at right tackle, because if you're going to have some options. I then would actually go Dewberry. Dewberry to me feels like if we don't know what he is, let's go figure out what he is. If he's better suited as a guard, cool, we'll play him at guard. If he's better suited as a tackle, okay, cool, we'll play him at tackle. And then last but not least, if we got to go ahead and stick him out there, I would go and try to see what you got with Blake Trainer at left tackle. Doesn't mean that Blake Trainer is a bad tackle. It means that he is probably better suited on the right side. He's better suited protecting the front of a quarterback instead of the backside of a quarterback. But again, remember, all this could change because if there's a left-handed quarterback in the middle, then your left side is actually your right side and your right side is actually your left side. So that's a big conversation starter that we can have on another day it really doesn't matter it's more so about who is best for protecting the blind side of a quarterback and i think that zahn is going to be the front runner for a lot a lot of reasons this is it the putt to win the tournament you sink it the championship is yours but on your backswing your hat falls over your eyes is this how you're running your business 
poor visibility because of your relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade with NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to grow your growth with visibility, control, and financial inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite can automate your process and close your books in no time while staying ahead of the competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. So for the new year, it's a brand new day. NetSuite has still a brand new product for you to go test out. Just go visit netsuite.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D-X exclamation point l-o-c-k-e-d head on over to netsuite.com slash locked for special once of a kind financing offer for the number one financial system in growing businesses today netsuite.com slash locked locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network thank you so much for making sure first listen every single day check us out on itunes spotify youtube.com and of course make your second listen locked on bets with your q and accounting expert so I want to talk about this because there is a rumor going around that A&M is signaling, signal, signaling in on its next defensive coordinator. And I don't agree with it. I don't that this is the guy. And a lot of reasons I don't agree with it. It's DJ Jerkin from um, Ole Miss. DJ Jerkin is a little complicated. And he's been a little complicated since his time at Michigan, and I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. The big story with DJ Jerkin is when he was the head coach at Maryland, he killed a kid. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and say it any easier. He killed a kid. I don't think that that's a good fit, and I don't know how you sell it to the boosters, especially when you have a guy like Mike Elko who helped adapt one of the best defenses Texas A&M has ever seen. And you look at how Ole Miss's defense in year one. I give a lot of credit. Year one, not Lane's players, not guys that Lane Kiffin wants to go after, not guys DJ Jerkin wants to go after. And you struggle. I mean, you really do. You are absolutely one of the worst defenses in college football. And a year later, you improve, and you improve tremendously, but you still struggle. You're still not at that same level that you really want to be. You're still not uh, in the top 50 of anything. You're still not in the top five of anything in the SEC. Yeah, some playmakers, A.J. Finley, Sam Williams, um, uh, one of their linebackers, their safety, I'm blanking on his name. You have some playmakers, you do. But it's not, in my opinion, enough when you look at some other names on the list. Like a Jim Knowles you would be able to sell me on giving him $2.2 million a year because that's going to be the asking price is about $2 million. Doug Belk, you could sell me on giving him about $1.7 million because of what he did with Houston this past year. Uh, You could sell me on even Derek Mason because Derek Mason has head coaching experience and always had a good defense at Vanderbilt. Now, never had a good offense and was a horrendous head coach, but he had good defenses during his time at Stanford and during his time at Vanderbilt. You could even sell me on a few smaller name guys. Um... The Bowling Green guy, I would uh, consider. The Toledo guy, I would consider. Um, you want to go even big? You want to go a little bit bigger? Uh, Wake Forest's old DC, which I think went with Elko to Duke, if I'm not mistaken, would have been a good fit. I think that if you went after uh, one of the defensive uh, personnel members on Baylor staff, it would be a good hire. DJ Jerkin comes with so much backlash and baggage and doesn't have the resume 
that's going to resonate with Texas A&M fans. It's just not possible. And again, I'm not here to say that that should be a deciding factor because of he, you know, what happened with him at Maryland. But you look at the way that he's coached his players this past year, especially in the um, in the Sugar Bowl. And again, keep this in mind: it wasn't like they had opt outs. They, I think, had one opt out from a starter, and that was it. Everybody else played. Everybody else played because they wanted to try and get 11 wins for the first time in program history. I look at what happened in that game to where they allowed Gary Bohannon, who has been at best a below average quarterback. Now, when he runs football, it, I mean, it boosts his status a little bit, but not a really great guy. They allowed him to torch them on multiple occasions, and they couldn't stop the run. And a lot of that's also due because they play a 3-3-6 kind of style. They play a lot of dime. They play a lot of six defensive backs. That would not be the case today at Texas A&M. And Durkin, I will give him credit here. That was a request made by Kiffin, not a request made by uh, him personally. When he was at Maryland and when he was at Michigan, they ran a 4-3. So very similar to what you're seeing with Texas A&M, uh, except they did not run a lot of dime uh, when they were at, um, at Michigan. They ran a lot of dime when they were at Maryland. So he does have the experience of what kind of defense Texas A&M can play in. But Durkin does make some sense in the sense of he's been around the SEC. But besides that, there's not really much else I would say. If Jimbo Fisher is smart, he would go in a completely different direction. I think that this is a move that is not going to be well represented by the college. And it's not a move that's going to be well represented by the fan base, especially when you look at his track record. I would absolutely instead go with the NFL guy. I would absolutely instead go with a younger guy who's maybe a little bit more unproven. Because if Durkin does not have a leg to stand on, when it comes to production to matches off the field and really sometimes on the field antics. I'm against the hire. If that's going to be the hire, I don't think it's going to end up really well for Texas A&M. It's a lot like John Chavis. Remember that hire when everyone said, oh, he's going to be amazing. And he actually was kind of horrendous. I mean, it was actually one of the worst hires that I've seen in a minute by Texas A&M. And there was a lot of reasons why he didn't work out. And there's a lot of reasons why he didn't work out basically anywhere else he went after he left LSU. So there's a lot of reasons why I think DJ Jerkin could be John Chavis 2.0 in more ways than one, and I'm not for the hire. I really hope that that is not going to be named officially the hire later on this week, later on this month, whatever it happens. I really hope that Jimbo Fisher thinks long and hard and goes in a different direction. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Lockdown Aggies. On tomorrow's show, let's look at some other positions that we got to go ahead and address. Aaron Hansford, let's go ahead and break that one down. And maybe we'll even add in a little bit of quarterback battle of who's the major ones for that position. See you tomorrow. And remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.